Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Infidelity. Bad for politics, great for music. This is Soundcheck. I'm John Schaefer, and today on the show, how something so bad can sound so good. We'll hear your favorite songs about infidelity, and we'll take your calls, anonymously if need be. And later, we'll clean things up a bit. For the Choir of Christ College, Cambridge, they keep alive the English choral tradition here in our studio. But to begin, South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford and Nevada Senator John Ensign are just the latest public officials to wind up in hot water over an extramarital affair. Sex scandals can end political careers, but sneaking around can give birth to great music. With so much infidelity on the 24-hour news channels right now, we decided to hear how infidelity forms the base of some great songs. And we've asked two guests, quite delicately, to join us for a celebration of infidelity. Siddhartha Mitter is WNYC's culture reporter, and Anne Majette is the classical music critic for The Washington Post. And uh, to both of you, welcome back. Thank you. Hi, John. Anne, uh, when we did our Seven Deadly Sins, uh, you were our guest for the Lust segment. I don't want to draw too many, uh, you know, uh, inferences from, from your repeat appearance here on this infidelity show today, but let me ask... Why does this sort of thing produce such great music? Well, I'm starting to get a little worried that I'm your resident expert on peccadillos, but I'm not going to take it personally. (laughs) Um, I think basically because opera is about sex and violence, and of course extramarital affairs are a key way to bring drama into love stories. Um, Every unhappy love makes a great opera, and a lot of unhappy love surrounds is uh, born of adultery. So uh, infidelity produces both sex and violence in a lot of cases. Exactly. And a lot of great suffering, which is very operatically uh, (laughs) thankful. And and even off the operatic stage, Siddhartha, I mean, there's something operatic about Hank Williams weeping over your cheating heart. Why? Well, in the end, John, great songs are really all about love, and there's no deeper love song than a song about infidelity. It just brings everything together. It's about conflict. It's about dilemmas, it's about emotions, and there's nothing, there's nothing more pure emotionally than a song about infidelity or the possibility of it. Now, uh, both of our guests have uh, put together lists of some classic cheatin' songs, and you can find both of those lists on the soundcheck page of our website at wnyc.org. And we, you know, we, we're told that opera used to be a very populist sport, so to speak. Uh, there is something universal about uh, you know, about infidelity, right? I mean, everyone has felt the, the lure of, of temptation and lust and, and, that, and the, the urge to wander. Is, is that one of the things that makes this, you know, such a, 
a go-to uh, emotional pool for composers over the centuries? Well, it's so universal that when I first heard about the topic, I lined up a whole bunch of husbands and wives, and then I realized you want it on stage in Fidelity. <laughs> <laughs> that to mentioned my plans, but I canceled the interviews and <laughs> picked some musical excerpts instead. <laughs> I think it's a fairly universal thing. I've always said that the plot of Norma is one of the most contemporary things in the world, where the woman who's been in an affair for years and years discovers that her lover is going off with her younger business associate, and that makes it completely contemporary. There is a timelessness to these situations, absolutely. Now, Siddhartha, you actually didn't just give us a list. You you kind of broke things down into 13 categories of cheating songs. Well, there's so, there's so many different possibilities. There's so many different cheating songs, and at first I was really overwhelmed by the assignment because, you know, dozens and dozens of them come to mind, and then I realized that they're all about the different aspects of infidelity. Has uh, the infidelity happened yet? Uh, has it already happened? Has if it, it been happened, discovered? Has it been discovered? Whose perspective is it? Are we, are we you know, one of the, the cheater, the cheaty, the outside <laughs> omniscient uh, narrator looking in? Now, did you have help putting this uh, list together? Uh, did you, you know, go out on Facebook or your, you know, Twitter people and stuff like that? I did. I did. I, I put a call out on Facebook and I got uh, about 60 or 70 different suggestions from people, which was good because a lot of... Uh, a lot of the ones that I thought of were from uh, Soul and R&B, which is one of the great reservoirs of cheating songs. But uh, country and rock also provide some really important contributions. Okay, so s- suspicion. What is uh, this? Is this is when it's just kind of all rumor and innuendo at this point, right? You know, there's something going on, John. You can't hide your lion eyes. I can tell that there's something going on here, and I don't know what you're doing, but it seems fishy to me. Ronnie Millsap and Stranger in My House. Oh, he just knows there's something going on. He just can't put his finger on it, that Ronnie Millsap. Uh, Another category, Temptation. Tammy Wynette's Almost Persuaded. For temptation was flowing like wine And I was almost persuaded And uh, one of my favorite of Siddhartha's 13 categories of cheating songs, That Sinking Feeling.
Siddhartha Marvin Gaye, you know, he's pained because you've been cheating on him, but also because of the way he's found out about it. It's it's operatic almost. It is, and and, and actually, if people go to uh, the soundtrack website, they'll see a YouTube clip of an actual concert where he gets the news from one of his bandmates on the phone. They have these old telephones, <laughs> and they're talking to each other by phone on, on stage, and he makes some great histrionic expressions. Now, Anne, how does how does genuine opera top something like that? What 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 does opera bring to this? Well, it's funny that uh, you talk about the categories because I began making categories too. I think there are these basic categories. Categories. I mean, you talk about temptation. Well, Cosi Fantute is all about trying to tempt people into betraying their spouses or their beloveds. There's suspicion where those jealous husbands like the Count and Nozze di Figaro is constantly suspecting that his wife is up to something. Um, I thought mainly that, because he himself is... Mainly usually. because he himself is guilty. This is another variant of the opera category where you have the love triangle where the husband is completely suspicious of the wife, partly because he himself is committing adultery the entire time. You have that in Ana Bolena, you have that in Don Carlo, um, you have that in Nota de Figaro to a degree. Um, then you have the doomed love variety where you have sworn eternal love to somebody but then believe them to have betrayed you even though they haven't, so you go off and marry somebody else. You get Lucia di Lammermore. Um, but these these are categories that belong almost in a in a plot handbook that could be used for plot writing a novel handbook. Well. And, and this sounds like it's ripped from today's headlines. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's plenty of parallels. I said the Mark Sanford story where, you know, I've been with many women but never crossed the line before. The whole plot of Balo and Mascara by Verdi is based on that same idea that, of course, I loved her, but I never actually touched her, therefore we're innocent. I believe that's an issue of semantics, actually. But, and so does the husband in that opera. <laughs> So is this what Ricardo is on about here in this uh, excerpt from Verdi's uh, Unballo in Mascara, A Masked Ball? Well, in in the final aria from Unballo in Mascara, Ricardo was singing about his true love, and he's just signed a piece of paper sending her away from him, so he'll never see her again. But um, he's still pretty hot and bothered about her, and he's going to see her one more time, and he's excited about that. This is, uh, this is Ricardo from Verdi's A Masked Ball. So Ricardo has renounced his forbidden love, but he knows he's going to get to see her one more time. Please and... note he's singing about his best friend's wife. Unballo <laughs> <laughs> in Mascara, a masked ball by Giuseppe Verdi. Uh, th- there is so much good stuff on the opera stage uh, in terms of cheating songs, and uh, obviously it's a little easier to get Siddhartha with, with popular music when it's in English. Uh, Your Cheatin' Heart by Hank Williams being a great example. Do you yourself have a favorite cheating song? I do, and I hope that nobody will draw any uh, uh, problematic inferences about my character from, from, from my choice. But listening to all these cheating songs, you know, some are from before the act has happened, some are from afterwards, and people are picking up the pieces or failing to. The essence of the cheating song is when you're in the middle of the dilemma. What do I do? I am pulled in both of these directions. And... Of those, uh, my absolute favorite is Luther Ingram doing If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right. It, isn't that 
I don't know another word for it. Isn't that like cheesy? Isn't that just a horribly cheesy, like mid seventies M O R kind of middle of the road kind of song? Uh, I'll give you mid seventies. It's actually early seventies, and I don't know if if it's cheesy or not, but it was certainly picked up by a lot of different artists from both the uh, soul and the country traditions. And one of the very interesting things: a lot of great cheating songs are from the seventies, and it's very interesting how much overlap. If you start tracing these songs. Great country songs were picked up by soul singers, and great soul songs were picked up by country singers. Barbara Mandrell, for example, took a lot of these great soul cheating songs and gave them really, really great, uh, you know, top five, top ten hit country versions. Well, this this is one song I thought I would probably not be listening to ever again, but uh, it's here one it... of my favorite songs of all time, John. <laughs> all right, Siddhartha Luther Ingram's "If Loving You Is Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right." That's not the version of the song I thought it was going to be. Luther Ingram, obviously, this is the original of of this song? I I believe it is. It was written by some of the Stax writers. It got picked up by a lot of people. There's an over-the-top version by Millie Jackson. There's Percy Sledge. Uh, Isaac Hayes did one. I was going to say, how can you not be moved by the profundity of emotion that the man is expressing? All right, listeners, do you have a favorite cheating song, and why do you like it? You can call us. You don't have to use your real name. 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692, or leave a comment on the soundcheck page at WNYC.org, and as if to prove the universality of our interest and curiosity in all things revolving around infidelity, we've already been getting comments from around the world. And Joel Meyer, our soundcheck producer, is in the control room with some of them. Joel. That's right, John. Dan from Melbourne, Australia, got up apparently in the middle of the night to post uh, the Crowded House song, Into Temptation, but as performed by Renee Geyer. That was important to, to, to him. Also, uh, we got comments from as far away as uh, Tokyo as well. Alay from Tokyo and somebody who calls himself Shorty, from New York City, both suggested this song uh, by Billy Paul. It's Me and Mrs. Jones, which we thought probably is going to be a favorite today. Me and Mrs. Jones We got a thing It's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it go now. Billy 
Billy Paul's Me and Mrs. Jones, a great old cheating song and a favorite of a couple of listeners already. And we want to know your favorites as well on the soundcheck page at WNYC.org. The lines, not surprisingly, are full, but if one of them clears off, you can try getting in at 212-433-WNYC. Check out today's soundcheck blog. From Mozart to Hank Williams, songs about a wandering eye and the other body parts that follow are commonplace. But my favorite is probably one where the cheating has been caught with disastrous consequences. Hey Joe, sings Jimi Hendrix, I heard you shot your woman down. For the rest of the story, visit the soundcheck page at WNYC.org. And still to come, we'll uh, take your calls and more comments as our look at infidelity in music continues. And later we go from sin to something completely different. The sounds of the English choral tradition when the choir of Christ College, Cambridge, visits our studio for a live performance. This is Soundcheck. Soundcheck. I'm John Schaefer. More now in our look at the allure of infidelity in lyrics, or to use plain English, cheating songs. This Carrie Underwood song called Before He Cheats is about a jealous woman's preemptive strike against her lover's four-wheel drive truck. It was a number one country hit, sold 2.6 million downloads, and it's the third longest charting song in Billboard Hot 100 history. So, it speaks to people. <laughs> our guest, Siddhartha Mitter, has this on his list of great cheating songs. He categorizes this under the heading, Cheating, Non-Lethal. I think my favorite of uh, Hey Joe would have to go under Cheating, Lethal, wouldn't Re- it? Revenge. Revenge, Non-Lethal, and Revenge, <laughs> Lethal. Siddhartha is uh, obviously here with us in the studio, along with classical music critic Anne Majette of The Washington Post, who uh, points out that the opera world is full of cheating songs and cheating scenarios, and there are lots of calls, lots of comments coming in. Let's get right to the phones with Daniel from Brooklyn. Hi, Daniel. You got a cheating song for us? Yeah, I do. It's a monster dance track from 1983, Barbara Mason's Another Man. It, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but it has a, an interesting twist where her man is actually cheating on her with, a, with another man. Uh-huh. Well, speaking of interesting twists, Siddhartha, you have a Barbara Mason song on your list, but it's a different Barbara Mason song, isn't it? Yeah, but they're all connected. One of the great genres or sub-sub-genres of cheating is the competition mode, where uh, two uh, people are fighting over one, in this case, one gentleman. And there was a great competition uh, between uh, a woman played by... Uh, there was a great song by Shirley Brown, a Southern soul singer in the early 70s, called Woman to Woman. Uh, in which she was basically saying, uh-uh, you, you, can't, you can't take my man. 
And then the other woman, Barbara Mason, did a song a couple years later saying, mm-hmm, yes, I can. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then in the, and that was, that was a great soul song. And then uh, a few years later, Barbara Mason, who's, who history has not really been kind to, she's kind of forgotten now, but she came back in the early 80s with much more of a, a disco-y, upbeat right. song. And, and she said, remember that guy back then? Well, it turns out that he wasn't quite what we thought he was, and that's what uh, that's what the caller is referring to. All right. Well, here's here's the song from Shirley Brown first, uh, called "Woman to Woman." May I speak to Barbara? Barbara, this is Shirley. You might not know who I am, but the reason I'm calling you is because I was going through my old man's pockets this morning, and I just happened to find your name and number. So woman to woman, I don't think it's being any more than fair than to call you and let you know where I'm coming from. Now, Barbara, I don't know how you're going to take this, but whether you be cool or come out of a bag on me, you see, it really doesn't make any difference. But it's only fair that I let you know that the man you're in love with, he's mine. From the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, the bed he sleeps in, and every piece of food he eats. All right, so that's Shirley Brown uh, calling out some fictional woman named Barbara in Woman to Woman, but the very real Barbara Mason comes back with this musical rejoinder. Now, wait a minute, Shirley. I'm a young woman, and I can't afford to do all the things you do for this man. I don't even have a job. And I can't buy his clothes, pay his condo, and I surely can't keep money in his pocket. But I can give him what he needs when he needs it. And that's all he expects from me. I can give him His Woman to You, the song from Barbara Mason. So uh, another couple of great cheating songs as we are talking about infidelity as the inspiration for great songwriting. Um, and in, in the case of uh, Donizetti's Anna Bolena, uh, there's this duet between these characters. I guess they're meant to be Jane Seymour and Henry VIII, aren't they? They are Jane Seymour and Henry VIII. Anna Bolena is putatively based on history with in the way that 19th century opera was based on history, which means basically historical fiction. Um, and if and, we're going to look at infidelity in politics, I mean, uh, Henry VIII, he's sort of the paragon, isn't he? Well, as I was thinking about this uh, this plot construct, it seems to me that opera is very political in that, and that kings seem to be the people who most often cheat on their wives. Philip II and Don Carlo is committing adultery, as he suspects his wife. And, of course, Henry VIII is preparing to make Giovanna Seymour his next queen and ditch Anna Bolena, whom he accuses of going back to her first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously a political twist here. So Giovanna is Jane Seymour. Giovanna is Jane Seymour. And Anna is Anne Boleyn. And Enrico is Henry VIII. And this is, this is Giovanna and Enrico's duet from uh, Donizetti's Anna Bolena. Long 
So, Anne, uh, she's accusing Henry of sort of suckering her into this whole thing, and he's sort of protesting in this in this duet. Is that basically what we're hearing? Absolutely. <laughs> he's saying, look, I want you to be my queen. And she's saying, but hey, I have a lot to lose here. She ends up saying to him, you know, I'm not the one with, I'm going to be left with nothing if you don't follow through on this. And he makes sure that he follows through on it. But Anna Bolena is the the odd person out then in this. Well, this Anna love. Bolena is is off mooning with Tenor, who was her first true <laughs> love. She's realized that her marriage isn't all it, it was set up to be. I mean, the main difference between opera and songs in this is that the song captures the moment. The opera gets the whole story, so it's very hard to summarize the one moment of infidelity in an opera, except for something like Lady Macbeth of Mitsenk by Shostakovich, where he actually has a musical illustration of the act of infidelity. Uh, instrumental. Instrumental. Right. Instrumental. And it's up to the stage director to do whatever he or she wants with that. <laughs> and of course, on the bigger operatic stage with hours to fill, there can be lots of infidelity infidelity, webs of infidelity, whereas in a song, you tend to have one person cheating on one other person. Back to the phones, Donna is joining us from Fort Lee. Donna, what's your choice of a great cheating song? Hi, um, TLC's Creep. TLC's Creep. So this is not the Radiohead Creep, the very different uh, song. Uh, Siddhartha, you're nodding vigorously. That's that's a great song, and it belongs to the two two can play this game category. And, and what's going on here is she's saying that she's creeping on her man because she knows he is too. And ultimately, the message is if we both creep, creep on each other, it's actually huh? going to make our relationship more healthy down the line. Did you know that, Donna? Yes. <laughs> and, and that works for you? Very <laughs> fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the song. Creep, a neat cheating song. Is that a new category you came up with, uh, Siddhartha, when, when uh, oh, the, the caller mentioned the that? Two, the two can play this two game? Th- no, that was one of the other categories I could have come up with, but, but, you know, 13 was already more than enough. All right, you can see both Siddhartha's list and Anne Majette's list on the soundcheck page of our website at wnyc.org. You can also find lots and lots of your fellow listeners uh, chiming in with their favorite cheating songs. I, I do want to mention uh, Zipword from New Jersey mentions Tempted by Squeeze, which is a great cheating song and uh, one that could fit into several, I think, of your, your categories there. I, I think I heard that song too much when I was like in college and I couldn't go there anymore. Now, uh, we, we've been talking about how, you know, Anne, uh, a lot of the, the music sort of echoes the reality, the political reality, kings and senators and governors and stuff. We have seen and heard a lot of pretty bizarre apologies in the last couple <laughs> of years. Um, is anybody ever really sorry at the end of these affairs? 
Well, that depends on the stage director, of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And it depends on your reading of whatever you see on CNN. But we certainly have seen every variant of the apologetic soundbite or the apology for what has been done wrong. I I would add that one little subcategory that I wish I'd thought of when I was putting together this list are classical crossover people who are, of course, cheating against the purism of classical music by dabbling in other forms of music. That's a form of cheating that gets classical music listeners particularly upset and mm. for which perhaps the song itself is the apology <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's deep there Anne. That's, that's very deep thank you now what about at the end of mozart's the marriage of figaro there well, that- is there is an apology there's an apology, and it's the, the crux of the whole opera, and it takes place very, very quickly. But the Count has been suspecting his wife of cheating on him all the while he's trying to get into the pants of his valet's bride, who is his wife's maid. And uh, at the end, he the bride and the wife have disguised as each other, and the Count has been coming on to the woman he thinks is the maid, but actually is his wife. And the wife lifts the veil, and the Count realizes that the wife knows exactly what he was up to, and that he's been coming on to his wife. And he is truly contrite, at least for that minute. And there's this beautiful (laughs) musical moment where he turns on a dime and gets down on his knees. And almost no director that I've seen has ever messed with that moment either. He gets down on his knees, and he says, Contessa, forgive me. And she forgives him. And they have that one sweet moment and then go into the finale. How can you not forgive someone when they sing so sweetly? That's the uh, the apology at the end of La Nozze di Figaro, The Marriage of Figaro by Mozart. It's uh, on Anne Majette's list of great cheating songs. She is the classical music critic at the Washington Post. Siddhartha Mitter is WNYC's culture reporter. His list is on our website as well. And so are lots and lots of great suggestions from our listeners. So check them out, the soundcheck page, wnyc.org. Siddhartha and thank you both for being with us on Soundcheck today. Thank, thank you, you for having me. And still to come, from Sinan to Centuries of Sacred Song, a live performance by the Choir of Christ College, Cambridge, from the UK. And on Monday, why the music you hear when an operator puts you on hold plays a big role in whether you hang up or stay on hold. That's Monday on Soundcheck.